You're listening to Workplace Matters. The increasing number of violent deaths by suicide in the United States and around the world is troubling. A Healthier Workforce Center researcher is using a national database to assess what workplace factors are contributing to suicides and what can be done to help. John Davis is an assistant professor at the University of Iowa College of Public Health. John has been researching violent deaths, particularly deaths by suicide, using the National Violent Death Reporting System, or NVDRS. So the NVDRS, it's a national surveillance system that looks at all types of violent deaths. Every single state has their own state violent death reporting system. And they're providing that information into this national database that's available to researchers like myself to be able to answer research questions. In 2020, there were 1.2 million people who attempted suicide. The factors that contribute to these decisions are multifaceted and could never be fully explained. But John Davis was able to use the NVDRS to look at connections between work and suicide. John determined not only which suicides occurred at work, but also suicide cases where there was a work factor as a likely contributor, such as poor performance review or termination. From that information, John identified work-related risk factors. When we identified a death from suicide to be work-related, meaning that it occurred in the workplace or had a job problem associated with it, those more frequently had financial problems, depression, alcohol problems, relationship problems, So these things where you can think about those and you can see the interconnectedness of it, where you have someone who's either having trouble at home or struggling with substance abuse issues and that is brought into the workplace or workplace stressors. The harder part is to know where's the causality there. For example, financial problems, those probably started with someone being fired from work. But the other things, like alcohol problems, it's harder to tell if that is something that caused the problems that were observed in the workplace or the workplace caused the alcohol problems. But either way, it's good to know that these are some of the signs of high-risk individuals. These are some of the things that we can address in the workplace in order to reduce the risk of suicide for these workers. Employers are encouraged to educate their workforce on the warning signs in order to identify individuals who may be experiencing a mental health crisis and provide support. Knowing the signs of high-risk individuals and using previously established best practices can limit a workplace's negative impact on employee health. Some other things that workplaces should think about when they're thinking about health and safety and that relationship to deaths from suicide is how are we reducing and responding to injuries because those are things that could lead to those physical health problems or substance abuse problems later on in life. We do see there are certain occupations that have more health-related problems, like installation maintenance and repair workers. They have higher frequency of physical health problems in their deaths, and that's a very physically strenuous job. One of the recommendations is prevention of chronic pain. We could see a reduction in deaths from suicide for some of these uh, more physically intensive occupations. As a first step in reducing the risk of suicide, employers should provide a safe and healthy work environment. Individuals with chronic physical conditions are at an increased risk for developing poor mental health, and people with mental health conditions are also at a higher risk of experiencing chronic physical conditions. Thinking about ways that workplaces can address this with those first steps being 
How can we eliminate those risk factors that we're seeing for deaths from suicide? How can we eliminate those from our workplace? How are we addressing substance use? Do people have access to medical care? How are we dealing with workplace conflicts? Those are some of the risk factors that exist. And it's not the same as removing exposure to hazardous chemicals, swapping out for something less dangerous. You have to assess your workplace and think about how do we address these types of conflicts and what can we do to remove them from the workplace so workers aren't dealing with it in the workplace. The next step following eliminating or at least reducing workplace stressors is to review existing policies and programs. Look at your existing programs, like employee assistance programs, look at your wellness programs, and see how suicide prevention is incorporated in those. If you've got an occupational doctor that is coming to your worksite to do health evaluations, see if deaths from suicide or risk of suicide is something that they're screening for. Your current wellness and health programs, how are those connected to suicide prevention? And how is your human resources department coordinating all that? So doing an assessment of where you're currently at with all these very large, expensive infrastructure items already, is suicide prevention there? And if it's not, incorporating that into those different pillars that are already there to support workers. You could think about what your culture is as a workplace. How are you dealing with stress in the workplace? How is substance abuse addressed in the workplace? What's the culture around someone coming into work and it appears that they have been using substances or are losing sleep? There is an opportunity for workplaces to support their employees experiencing a crisis. Think about how the workplace is responding to critical events, whether that's a critical event that a worker experiences at work or they come into work and it appears that they have experienced a critical event, whether that's they're having problems in their relationship or they had a loved one die by suicide or they're having those poor performance reviews. So how is the workplace going to respond to different critical events that occur in the workplace? Because these are some of the things that could potentially lead to crisis events. And then our last line of defense is building up resilience, training people on how they're responding to critical events, informing them on how to get help. That's our last line of defense. Fortunately, there are many free suicide prevention resources available to businesses. Toolbox talks are something that are freely available, easy to follow along with. The Healthier Workforce Center has a construction-specific one translated in Spanish. They give workers the skills to identify warning signs or to start conversations so that way we can start to destigmatize suicide as solely a mental health problem when really it is just like any other illness or disease that we see in the workplace. Part of addressing that problem is destigmatizing it, giving workers the information that, yes, you are in a high risk job, just like any other hazard communication that we do with workers. They are in a high-risk job where people more frequently die from suicide. I think that that's one of the things that makes it easier to talk about, makes it easier to screen, makes it easier to start conversations, to start someone on the path to getting help when they experience a crisis. Although one in five adults in the U.S. experience a mental illness in a given year, stigma can prevent those individuals from seeking treatment. The good news is that treatment works. 80% of employees treated for mental illness 
report improved levels of work efficacy and satisfaction. Suicide can seem like too large of a problem to be solved, but individual workplaces can have a striking impact on their employees. The workplace could be a negative force in an employee's life. Stress, chronic pain, and working in isolation far from home can negatively contribute to poor mental health and suicide. However, the workplace can help reduce those contributing factors and even become a positive force. The workplace can have an incredibly positive impact on workers' mental health. One of the ways we think about suicide is the suicide risk model. It's a combination of desire to die by suicide and having the means and being capable to do that. And part of that desire is a disconnectedness that people feel that put them in that situation where they may die by suicide. And the workplace for many people is a incredibly important source of connectiveness. Having a culture where people can connect, where people can feel comfortable with each other, where people can feel comfortable talking about some of the problems they're experiencing could really allow the workplace to play a positive role in suicide prevention. Workplace Matters is supported by the National Institute for Occupational Safety and Health. To listen to more podcasts, view our ongoing video series, or for more information about us, visit healthierworkforcecenter.org. Thank you.